Hey, Rachel. Hi, hold on, let me turn the AC off. Hello. Hello. Wow, this is such a treat. Nice to finally, sorry, like, this is not a video podcast, right? No, it's not a video podcast. It's not a video podcast. This isn't going on YouTube. Maybe TikTok one day so we could do a stitch. Who knows? What the okay. Hold. Well, my request is no video. I just got back from the gym, so I'm not really Hold video. It. I'm not giving video. Right, right. So if we could just eliminate that portion altogether. No video. No video. Don't worry. No video. Totally. I'm, here. I'm fully committed to the audio. Fully committed to the pod. Oh, look at yeah. you. Lighting. Okay, amazing. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Speaking of lighting, I love the story that you just posted about the the guy in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, where do you live? I live. I, I reside in Bedside, Brooklyn. Where do you live? Oh, you live here. I do. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay, so then you fully get the whole smoke thing. I fully get the smoke thing. I actually do have a little thing for you about like me being in this pre-planned apocalypse yesterday. So, okay, in the apocalypse with the orange sky giving Blade Runner 2049, where everyone posted the meme where in the second Blade Runner, Ryan Gosling is walking outside and said, anyone need anything from the bodega? Like everyone was storing that. And I thought, what am I doing in this pre-planned apocalypse? Somehow I was outside still working, wearing Carhartt work in progress and our legacy to sourcing products for a Puma event, then heading to Atmos. And what do I buy? My first pair of Adidas Sambas. And you know what? I thought of you. Also my good wow. friend and guest of the show, Nico Gary, but immediately had to text friend and guest of the show, Josiah Atkinson about my purchase. And she said, welcome to the good side. So I'm now a Samba's girly. Okay, I find this to be so bizarre and puzzling. <laughs> the wave about the Sambas, because I didn't know that, I never knew that this wasn't an issue. Like I've been wearing it for so long. Like I have black, I have white, I have blue, I have as Adidas gazelles, Adidas Sambas. Like, so when it was like, when I started seeing it like on influencers and as a look, it didn't even stick out to me because I thought it was such a classic shoe. I was like, oh yeah, she looks amazing. And then I started seeing articles about it and I was like, does Gen <laughs> Z not know about Samba? I'm like so confused. Or soccer. Or soccer, yeah. So that's like a weird, I also think that's an age thing because I'm a millennial, hmm. right? So like, I think- Same. And you are, you are also? Millennial all the way. Yeah, so I think it's weird because um, and I hate to say this, but I also just think it's part of a reality of growing up. You can like miss the pulse on certain things. Like you miss the beat because you get to this point in life where it's not your first time experiencing everything for the first time. Totally. So like the, the fact that that might be a novelty thing to someone who's like 24, 25, 26 is very strange to me. Cause I'm like, oh Okay. <laughs> okay. Didn't know that we didn't know about Sambas. I didn't know that was ever not an issue. It was never not an issue. And also I'm like, Atmos is one of my clients and also good friends of mine as well. Everyone there. And they were telling me like, it's selling out like hotcakes, like every week we have to reorder them. And I'm just like, wow, the power of social media and Gen Z, like not knowing what the shoe is, is yeah. bizarre to me. Mm -hmm. 
It's always been a good shoe. Always, always been stylish, always been retro, always been classic, always been, it's always been, like, I just didn't know that that was, anyway, yeah, great shoe. Love that I, shoe. I also watched The Air for the first time. I don't know if you saw that movie, the Michael, how they, how Nike got Michael Jordan. Oh, and, I think I roughly know that story, but I haven't seen the movie. Right, and I didn't think I was going to watch it, but they got Michael Jordan, but Adidas was going to get Michael Jordan. And after watching that movie a day before getting the Sambas is bizarre to me because I've always been checks over stripes. Always, always. I've never, I don't think I've ever owned a pair of Adidas in my life, to be honest with you. But for some weird reason, I just, I, I just did it. I finally did it. And now I don't know. I don't know. I'm I feel like I'm going to be one of those people on the subway. Everyone's going to have the same shoe. I don't know what to expect. Well, I think it's interesting you say that because I've always worn both, mm -hmm. but I think um from a branding perspective, totally. I think Nike has just always been such a performance-led company, you know? Right. Like if you're winning a Super Bowl, if you're winning rings, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a Nike deal, you know. Adidas, mm, you're not winning a championship and then going to Adidas. That's just not what Damn. Adidas is, is. That's not what Adidas is for. Adidas is really culture and it's Love. it's art and it's culture and it's lifestyle. So like if you want a performance shoe like the Metcon, which I think is a fantastic shoe for going to the gym, you want innovation because Nike is a tech company at the end of the day, right? then you're going to go to Nike. But if you want to be cool, not to say that Nike is not cool because it is in its own way, but you're going to go to Adidas. And that's why you see Pharrell at Adidas. You see Yoji Yamamoto right. at Adidas. You see Stella McCartney at Adidas. You see, um, Wales you know, Bonner. Wales Bonner, Kanye, like all these people went to Adidas because they kind of have cornered the more market as far as culture and sportswear. Right. So when it comes to Sambas or, um, you know, shell toes or really anything kind of retro, you're not wearing that to like go perform in sports. You're wearing that to look fucking cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100, 100%. Like I'm not playing soccer in these Sambas. Exactly. It's not a soccer shoe. There's no cleats. Like this is not what it's for. It's just a vibe. It's a vibe. So I think Adidas has, it took them a minute to figure out that would be their strong suit. Right. And once they did, they leaned all in. And I think that was smart. They leaned on in, all in, especially us right now. I, well, you, you've been, look, you have leaned all in on TikTok and we're here to see it. We love it. <laughs> We and so yo here I am. I'm leaning all in. All my cards are on the table. The I'm pushing all my chips to the side, rolling the dice. You know, we just said that we're both millennials. I don't know about you, but when you were like an early millennial, were you like, I'm, I'm not gonna do this TikTok. I'm I'm not gonna do this TikTok. But now we're all in. Maybe I don't know that I was like I'm not doing it. I just wasn't thinking about it. And I think during the pandemic, when TikTok got really buzzy, I'd always known about it. Like, I remember reading a really long New York Times article about it back in 2018, 2019. Like, I knew about it. Obviously, it got real big during the pandemic because everyone was at home. And during that time, I was so overwhelmed with so many deeper things going on in my life that I couldn't really, I had no extra room for being, like, social or having fun in that way. Mm -hmm. And so... I think I was just a little bit late, but a lot of people will say like, you're actually not late. It's still very much a thing, but I just feel 
And I'm glad you brought this up because I want to talk about it. Um, I truly and genuinely feel that that I was made for TikTok. Like of all the social media platforms, I finally feel like I have found my home. Instagram and I never really, I used it. And obviously it's been a cultural pillar of life, you know, but I always kind of felt like a wallflower right. on Instagram. And I didn't know how to engage. I feel like I could never really be myself. It was so, uh, you know, JPEG driven before it was about video. And I feel like you could be really vapid and still really succeed on Instagram. Like if you were a beautiful girl who had great style, you could be a fucking moron, but you could still have tons and thousands of followers and you could make mood boards and you could be this kind of like, one of the guests, Ava Narui, uh, known on Instagram as Ava Nope, she came on my podcast and she talked about like intellectual catfishing on Instagram. Like aesthetically, you can look like you have it all. But right. on TikTok, if you are not a person of substance, you will not thrive there. Like you no. have to actually be funny. You have to actually have thoughts that people resonate with. So to me, I love TikTok. I feel like I can be myself. I feel like Gen Z is so much less judgmental than my generation, which I love. They can come on there, be fully themselves, look a mess. There's just so much more, and I know this is a buzzword, but they're so much more inclusive. And right. I just, I love TikTok as a format. I think it's, the algorithm is so much better. Like everything about it, to me, like Instagram to me is like Facebook. It's like a wasteland. Like when people Oof. send me things on Instagram, I'm like, why are you still here? Like, I feel like I left my hometown. <laughs> I, I reached the ceiling in my hometown. Like my content is not going to get shown to anybody. No. I know everyone I'm going to know here. I've reached my maximum potential on Instagram and it's, I have new horizons. New horizons, JPEG mafia. Yeah. Like it's just a better app. Fully full stop. <laughs> You're so right that millennials are so judgy. It's insane. Yeah, I also think, I don't know, as you get older, you have more to lose. So I think people can't really throw caution to the wind on the right. internet the way they used to in their 20s. And, you know, people are married, people have kids, like people have jobs, people are in positions of leadership. You can't just be how you used to be. No. So I think that's part of it. It's just part of growing up. But I think um, people still crave, you know, youth and people still crave that time in their life where they could be carefree. So there's, there's something very like voyeuristic and mystifying and fascinating about TikTok and like the kids that are using it. You're so right. I have a question. Are you, do you, do you drink by any chance? Um, Occasionally, but I, I don't really drink like that. I mean, not like I used to. <laughs> not like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I just only asked that only because when you said like, we have so much to lose. Okay. So I stopped drinking a, a year ago and all as of late, I have friends that have been asking, or even old friends that come from the past, they're just like, oh, why'd you stop drinking? And I'm like, it's just for like health reasons. It's like nothing crazy, but I just want to be better. But the the thing is that now I feel like if I was drinking now, I would just be going off, like just going off and just like doing crazy shit. I just, I have, I feel like I have like so much to lose now that if I was like drinking, I would just be like doing all the crazy shit. I'd just be like getting rowdy and just doing, I'm not saying I I would flip a car over or anything like that. I'm just saying that. Like... Mm -hmm. No, I hear you. I mean, listen, I love 
you know, like drinking under the right circumstances, you know, right. like, is it something that I do every night or every Thursday through the weekend? Like I did when I was like, you know, in college and stuff like that. No, but like, you know, two months ago I got completely wasted, but it was my best friend's birthday and it was right. like a, group of, a group of 12 of us. And I felt very protected and, you know, insulated in that group. So like, if I feel safe and I'm with people that I know and love, yeah, for sure. I'm going to like throw tequila shots back and I can be messy and I know it's not going to end up anywhere and I'm not around colleagues. Like it's, it's fine. Um, but no, do I drink like how you, I mean, I mean, no, like you have to <laughs> get up and live your real life. But I mean, listen, I like to have fun when it, when the time calls for it, for sure. I just don't want to see videos of myself on the internet. Of course. It's what I'm saying. You got to be, everyone's a little bit more buttoned up now. And Gen Z will learn. They'll see. Once they get put a decade on it, they're not going to be doing the same thing they did on TikTok. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> because everyone's fake. The, the thing about TikTok that's different from Instagram that I see right now is that TikTok, it's like, well, what I've been doing is it's always me with a self, like I'm just like selfie video the whole time in all of them. Whereas in on Instagram, I'm not like a rock star by any means, but like not every single one of my photos is about me. It's not a photo of myself. It's, I'm a photographer. So sometimes I shoot, I, I mean, I shoot a lot of portraits. So it's about like different people, but it's not about me. But on TikTok, it's all about me. I know. And that's a good point. Cause I found that to be a little like scary at first. Uh-huh. But then once I realized the culture of TikTok, that actually doesn't matter, right? So like if you go to somebody's Instagram, I love how we're doing like a deep thesis on this now. It's like, who cares? But if you were to go this to- This is Instagram, Harvard, baby. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you were to go to Instagram and see like anyone, I don't care who you are, right. male, female, famous, not famous, I don't care. Mm -mm. If I go to someone's Instagram and I see all photos of themselves, naturally, I'm a little put off. If you go to TikTok and see all content of themselves, I don't feel the same way because I know the content is so much more disposable. On TikTok, it's like you can post four or five a day. It's not really about me. It's just about like what I had to say or it it doesn't feel vain to me because it's like uh, because it's in such abundance, I guess. You know, it is. It is. And but you also do the stitches, too, with other I guess your followers and when I see the stitches, they are into it. They, the tea that they'd be spilling, the gossip, it's about what's going on in their lives. I'm like, okay, shouldn't that be behind closed doors or should you be like telling this to your friends? But no, they, they need to make this public. They need to make this known. Yeah. That's the stuff I don't get. Like when they talk about like dating or like, you know, telling real stories about their bosses. I'm like, okay, this, how do they not see this? How are you able to just talk like this? But you know, whatever. It's, it's their world. I'm just living it out. Rashad and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Disarm. You can check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. 
WMH and Dasar is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Rachel Mondi is a fashion designer and podcaster. You may know her from her fashion podcast, The Cutting Room Floor, Fashion's Only Fashion Show. I first heard of Rachel through her t-shirts being sold at the ADO shop in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, RIP. I can't stop looking at Rachel's TikTok feed, her hot takes, never cold, her fast content, never slow. I always have the need to answer the questions she asks in IG stories. It's giving, should I DM her back? I know the answer, but should I? Rachel sports the green hex color. I'm not going to say the hex color because it's dorky. Bottega green. And there's something about that green that makes me go, that's my favorite color. But I don't know why I put that on everything. Are we ready to do a get ready with me for the podcast? The answer is no. But get ready with us to talk about capital F fashion and capital P podcasting. Please welcome Rachel Omandi to wear many hats. Hello, hello, hello. I am so honored to be here. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pleasure having you. And honestly, after you just said it's an honor to be here, I immediately thought of you doing that skit with with the Goop founder when you reached like 10,000 followers or 100,000 followers or on TikTok. Remember that little... (laughs) Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> I'm dead. You called her the Goop founder. <laughs> what? It's Gwyneth Paltrow. Icon of many levels. Okay, so I'm really bad with names. You're great with names. You're the knowledge, the encyclopedia, everything that's going on in your brain, like protect that at all costs because seriously, I don't know how you do it. I'm so bad with names. That's why I went from Goop founder to, I know mm-hmm. seen so many of her movies, but I'm like, I I'm dead with names, but you, you've got it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how you got it on a lock. I know you read a lot, but like, damn. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know either. I just have like folders in my brain that are all accessible. <laughs> it's insane. Like, how do you, all right, what's your routine? Like for everything, honestly, like how do you keep that all intact? Like clearly you got something going on. What do you mean? Like, all right, you look like you just came back from the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your gym routine? Look, I'm like, oh, you mean like my routine of like life every day? Yeah, your routine of life. Okay, I wake up every day at five. From about five to nine is all fitness stuff. So, like, I wake up and go to the gym. <laughs> I do like an hour of cardio and then an hour and 15 minutes of weightlifting with the trainer. I can tell. Um, five days a week, unless I can't do a day, then we do it four days a week. Um, Damn. By that point, after doing all that, showering, having breakfast, it's usually around 930. Um, and then I sit down and work for a few hours. I don't usually answer emails until like after lunch um, because I think the best hours to focus are in the morning. So I will do some like just focused hours of work, which I really can't really do more than about four hours consecutively. Um I don't think any human can. I don't know. And then I have lunch and then I respond to emails. I might do a Zoom like this or a phone call, even though we're technically doing this before one, but whatever. And then uh, like whatever else I need to do. And then I usually end my day around, you know, seven. And then um, I might like have a meal but usually I don't I don't really eat dinner I just eat a really 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 big breakfast and then a pretty medium-sized lunch and then I snack for dinner 
No. I like, yeah, I don't eat dinner. And then because I wake up so early. So it's like I do mm. a good 12 hours of not eating, like almost like an intermittent fast kind of. So yeah, I'm that's usually, what I was going to say. Yeah, so I'm usually done eating for the day around six or 6.30. But I also go to bed early. I go to bed at like nine. So um, nine or 10. And that's kind of my day most days. Is that what you're... Is that what you made or is this like what your trainer made? Um, No, it's like what I made. It's like a combination, but everything in life is usually trial and error, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, he has suggested certain things. He's more like kind of focused on monitoring my fitness routine, but um, I kind of learned over time that that worked best for me, especially with like the goals that we have. So, um, I just eat, you know, for my, my body and what makes sense. And that made sense. I started to notice that I hated eating dinner, that I felt like I was force feeding myself dinner. And I just, I just didn't like that feeling. And it made sense because I get up so early. So when I wake up at five, I'm starving. Like, it's not like I'm just, it's not like I'm an almond mom, not eating anything throughout the day. (laughs) When you don't, when you stop eating at 6 PM and you wake up at five, that's like 12, you're hungry. So I wake up and I'm about to go to the gym. You have to remember. So when I wake up at five, I'm fully hungry. And I have a lot of protein. I eat a big, I eat a really big breakfast. That's usually my biggest meal of the day. And then I go train. And no dinner. Well, sort of. Yeah, like a small, it's a very small dinner. If, if, if there were scale, breakfast is the biggest, lunch is mm. medium, dinner is very small. And it's probably just protein because I don't really want to eat a lot. No meal prep for lunch. Sort not of. really, not really, uh, not really. I, I tried meal prepping. That's one of those things. Again, trial and error. It doesn't really work for me. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Prepare seven meals in advance. Like on this, you don't want to do that. Like on the sixth meal, third meal, you don't want pre-cooked, pre-made anything to me. I don't know. I see girls on TikTok. It works for them. It doesn't work for me. Um, so yeah, that's like my general routine. I don't know if that answers the question, but wait, you see meal prepping on TikTok. Wow. You really do see everything on TikTok. Oh, I'm in every corner. Listen, I'm everywhere. You want to be like American express. I'm all, I'm everywhere on TikTok. Like I can see I try to see everything. And also you can change your, not to get back there, but like you can. No, go back there. You can change your feed, your algorithm. Like if you focus on more things, it'll show you more of that thing. If you don't want to see something, you swipe up as soon as you can and it'll stop showing you that thing. So I actually think it's a really powerful tool in the practice of self-mastery. And like, you know, they say where your attention goes, energy flows. So like we could use that and apply that to all areas of our life. If you don't want something to be prominent in your life, give it less attention and it will disappear. <laughs> Yo, you're full of I don't know. I'm not gonna say like inspirational quotes by any means, but like it's like it's it's like the shoe dog guy. It's like the Nike founder. He was just like known for like spitting all these like guru sounding quotes you i feel like you got a lot of those oh really that's cool i I didn't know that you didn't know that no you could totally write a book about that no i just be talking that's all yeah you you be talking because like have you ever thought about doing improv okay so hear me out (laughs) we know improv can be corny but steven yen used to do improv and tour the country and look at him now you're hilarious you got the comedy pauses i see you um, thank you for saying thank you for noticing that. I think I'm funny too, but people try to act like I'm not. I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I love laughing. I'm not mm. gonna lie. And I love 
I don't know. I really don't think I could ever do improv. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't know if that's my my gift or my calling. But it is why I like TikTok. I like being able to talk off the cusp and just like, you know, I just be lighthearted. And I I really do value like laughter though though like joy and laughter and like not taking anything too seriously. Even when something really bad happens to me or traumatizes me or I'm super like depressed I will still find a way to be funny about it like to my friends or whatever like <laughs> you know what I mean like that's just you know if you can't cry laugh <laughs> if you can't cry laugh yeah I mean you just like walking around your house and you're like yeah I walk around my house I pace around my house this is what I do mm -hmm. we we wouldn't have known that if you didn't tell us that you know yeah, but also a little bit of that is performance art. Improv. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some some content only sounds better if there's a lot of motion going on. I can't explain it. It's just true. Wow. You really you really know social media. I mean, I know that you 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 don't like IG. Facebook, I mean, come on, that's out the door. Tumbleweed, literally. <laughs> tumbleweed on facebook like what tumbleweed even... yeah it's yeah. it's like but you just know the algorithm without being ai mm -hmm. or something you, you're like you just know no i really don't though you're talking it up and it's very sweet but no i mean it's not like you go on tiktok and i have like hundreds of thousands of followers. that's not what's going on i think it's just like i respect anyone that has over a thousand followers on anything honestly because okay. if you have if you have anything under a thousand followers, like that's cool. I remember that whole low B follow account thing, which I miss dearly. But if you have like over a thousand followers in my book, you must be doing something. Maybe, yeah. Okay, that's fair. I did gain quite a few quick, quite quickly. I think you got you got a K next to your number, so I think yeah, in like thirty like days. A, in thirty, like 30 days. days, yeah, yeah. But I was just like. Yeah. Well, because my thing was like, when I come on here, I'm coming on with a vengeance. Like, I was like, I'm committing to it. But I also kind of like haven't been on it recently. I don't know. Let's talk about something else. No, no, totally, totally, totally. What is there to talk about besides like, like fashion and podcasting? How long have you been podcasting? How long have you been podcasting? I've been podcasting. I've been having this show since 2018. Okay, same. But not as like hard hitting as I mean, I took a breather in between. Um, and it used to be in a podcast studio, mm -hmm. but but then when I found out that we could just do it on Zoom, then it was just like so, so easy. But I love that you don't do it on Zoom and you just need to do it face to face, which I plan on doing after this for sure. Uh, you've inspired me. Um, but other than that, did you ever think you'd be a podcaster? No. Well, you have a lot to say. You have a lot to say. I think I have a lot to say. Um, no, 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 no. I never thought I'd be a podcaster. I still don't know if I'm a podcaster. Um, oh, we love the imposter syndrome. I love that. Isn't that crazy? I've never had imposter syndrome in my life. And now I do, which is weird. Why is that? Is that because you still think that like podcasting is like, I don't know, not cool or like, because I recently, I recently, as of late, when I go out and people ask me like, oh, what do you do? I I don't really tell people what I actually do because it's also still like a really quote unquote cool job. 
of like even working for myself but like now i just go to podcasting i'd like say oh, i'm a podcaster and they're like wait really and now their light bulbs are going up and they're just like want to ask all these questions because they now think it's like so cool that you're a podcaster because before that it was just like dork shit you know <laughs> yeah definitely yeah and i make no money from it too which is kind of crazy like i don't have a patreon unlike you like or and all the other podcasters out there no nah, this is like this is somehow weirdly non-profit but i like love it so much <laughs> well that's honestly like how things come to be i find in a lot of ways not always mm -hmm. but a lot of ways but yeah i'm very lucky that i make money off of it and i'm lucky that people listen and i love i also love doing it like you you know but i just bought you know equipment on a whim like, oh i saw ago. that you know i had no like grand plan if you go back and listen the audio quality was really poor mm -hmm. but i just did it because i wanted to do it i just wanted to talk about stuff so yes yeah and recently you just like went to bnh and you just like bought up the whole store I know, which is hilarious because I now, I don't even use any of that stuff. Because <laughs> oh, I started working with a production company and so now they handle everything. And I was like, okay, this is better, which, which it is so much better. They're um, more talented. But yeah, I bought all that stuff not knowing what I was doing, which is fine. Again, trial and error. Everything about this world or even just anything in general is just trial and error. Exactly. Yep. This podcast, I mean, even yours, like, it was all trial and error. It's just, like, the first season is just always just, it's rocky. But then you just, like, mm -hmm. pop off. And speaking of your podcast, like, you were the, you, I've been to so many, I don't know why, like, maybe, I don't know why I'm in love with it this much. But, like, I've been to so many dumb, like, podcast festivals or podcast shows. And they just don't hit the same way your podcast hits. And like your podcast was the first podcast I ever saw like a podcast go viral. That can't be true. <laughs> it's, it, it's like, it's cause I hear a lot of, I, well, as in like viral in a way where like I would talk about it to friends. Like I would tell my friends, I would talk to my friends, like w one of my good friends and guests of the show, Kate Wallach, um, she was okay. a dancer we talk about you all. We talk about you all the time. No, we we talk. It's just like we don't. It's not other podcasts. I don't talk about or anything like that. I'm not like waking up and saying like NPR or the Daily or anything like that. It's just like, yo, what's a like? What's Rachel doing? That's so sweet and funny and cool. Well, I do hear that a lot. A lot of things that a lot of times people say to me, oh, I do not listen to podcasts but I listen to yours. I get that a lot. But the interesting thing about podcasting, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about like, does it feel real or do I have imposter syndrome? Is that like all of these, all of these forms of media that are really low barrier to entry, right? Like podcasting is in many ways like blogging was about 10, 15 years ago, you know? Holy. It's very easy. You could get on Blogspot, you could get on WordPress. If you had more skills, you could make it look more beautiful. If you had less skills, it could be very bare minimum, but you could get your message out, right? And then there were some blogs that became very successful and became businesses like High Snobiety or Hypebeast or, you know, Into the Gloss, you know, so th those forms of media that are like micro and are really democratized for anyone to be able to use, 
can take you far if you finesse it and strategize it right, right? Right. Podcasting is really similar, right? Like 10 years ago, if not more, podcasting was like people did not know or understand what that was. And the idea is it's a play on the word broadcast, right? Just like blog was a play on the word web log. So now people kind of use it in the same way they did blogs. Like to, everyone can get one. You don't need a ton of equipment. You don't need to be on NBC and have a major network backing you. No. You might not have a ton of listeners, but you can still get your ideas out and things like that. Um, and I love this format personally. You know, to me, it's so much more natural and intuitive than like typing on blogs for desktop was, you know. Um, but I think since COVID, the space has gotten a lot more crowded. Um, if you would have said I had a podcast, you know, back in the day, it was just like, it was like some weird, it was like some weird dork shit. Like you said before, it's like, okay, bro. <laughs> like some nerdy thing. But that was also how it was to be on the internet when I was coming up, you know, where I went to high school, people were, kids weren't really on the internet. Like I was, but that's also why I went to art school. Cause I was craving kids that were like me. And when I got to art school, everybody was on the internet. Everyone was fully versed in internet culture, which was not common. You know, like Gen Z, you know, kids are now, I say Gen Z, like they're 13. They're not, they're like 25. But like, since the space has gotten really crowded, I do think it might be harder to cut through the noise if you're not somebody who's already public facing, if you're not right. already a celebrity who started a podcast or if you're on a reality show. Totally. Those people take up a lot of space. They take up a lot of noise just because- yes they can get the deals because you know the spotify's of the world will be like oh well you're going to bring in some market value because you have a ton of followers and it's like they might right. not even have anything to say they did they might just be famous or whatever that means visible not even famous i don't even like to use the word famous like just visible um but i think the reason why i have imposter syndrome about it is because um like, listen, my show's not the biggest podcast in the world. You know, there's Call Her Daddies, there's Joe Rogan's. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up. I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's not even shade. Like, there there are yeah. way bigger podcasts in the world than mine. Like, very for familiar. sure. I have yeah. a very, very, very small audience. I think where I'm successful is that the audience is just super loyal and super patient and super plugged in while we get, you know, more of our ducks in a row and get some things going that I can't really talk about yet. But that's the only thing. And I think people really underestimate, including myself, how powerful, you know, that saying like a loyal 10,000 people, like how powerful that can actually be. If you can cultivate a corner of the internet of a good 10,000 people who really trust and believe you, it could of course be more, you know, but I think people underestimate how far that can actually take you. I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't. Everything you just said right there, it just makes perfect sense. And Having a podcast, honestly, brought me out of being the quote unquote imposter syndrome world. Like I straight up told you everything so far that I used to be like, no, I'm not a photographer. No, I'm not a podcaster. No, I don't work in the arts. But now I tell everyone it's just leading up to now that like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm now just telling everyone what I do. If you want to know, if I just have nothing to hide anymore. It's a beautiful place to be. That's a beautiful, even me, that's so funny. Cause even me, I saw them kind of, people are like, what do you do? And I'm like, what do you do? <laughs> because some part of it to me still doesn't feel real. And I no. don't know when that'll go away, but. Right, because I feel like, all right, hear me out. Don't you think that it feels like we're, 
I don't know about you. I don't want to get deep in this. Like that life is life a simulation? Like yes. I feel <laughs> Yes. I feel this way all the time. I literally did a TikTok about this where I feel like I've <laughs> hacked. I feel like some I've hacked some kind of mainframe uh-huh. of life and I'm uh-huh. like waiting to get found out. Right. Don't you think that like what we do, we're currently, we kind of, look, we live in coastal cities, whatever, New York City, we're sometimes in LA, but the Midwest is jealous to be like us because it feels like in their eyes, we're just like playing around. We're like, just when they, when people hear what I do, it just, it feels like my job is just like, like I, I like, I'm just having the time of my life. I'm having so much fun. Like I get to meet so many people. I get to talk to so many people and it's just like, oh, that's, where's the money in that? But like, there is money in that. But also at the same time, you, you look like you're having so much fun. And I, I am having so much fun. And I just feel like, I'm not saying that people are jealous. I'm just, I'm just saying that like people kind of wish, not kind of wish they were us, but like they, they had more fun in what they were doing. Yeah, I think there's some truth in that for sure. I think I feel very blessed for the life that I have. Hashtag and I'm blessed. not, yeah, and I don't even live an extravagant life. I think, you know, happiness is a choice, but I, I do feel very blessed. So many things could be so much worse with my life. So in that sense, right. yeah, I, I feel very grateful and um, I like what I do and I like the life mm-hmm. that I live and I love that I live in New York and that I have friends and you know there there is no other place I would rather live personally although and I will say I do think there are people who maybe overthink life and don't trust themselves and don't just go for it in that way but there are also people who kind of can't so I I don't take it I think it's also and someone told this to me and I'll never ever 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 forget this but they told me like, Rachel, don't ever forget what a privilege it is to be creative for a living. Right. Because, you know, we're not the only people, creatives in the world. There's people who are, you know, more talented than me, could very well have a better show than me, but for whatever reason, life dealt them a certain deck of cards that they just can't do that. They have kids or they got a shitty deal or they just, they have um, certain obligations or responsibilities that don't allow them to do certain things. But that's just a reality of life. Now, can you fight your way out of certain circumstances? Yes, you can. But I, you know, I just, I just hesitate to be like, my life's amazing. Don't you wish yours was like that? Because oh, people do, because maybe they do, like, it just, we're very, I just feel very lucky and very blessed that I can do this. And on the other hand, you know, I grew up in the Midwest. I'm, I'm from a world where people don't necessarily do what we do or you know I know a lot of creative people I know a lot of um freelancers I mean I'm in I'm in, I'm in the business of culture so like my network is full of photographers directors DPs actors models agents like that's just kind of a world that I know well um and also that world that feels natural to me you know I didn't have to like try really hard to break my way it just kind of felt natural since I was young but I also have like extreme reverence for like a very middle-class simple humble salt of the earth kind of life because I know people like that and that's really where I grew up and yeah they might look at coastal cities as like this insanity because it is kind of in a way but I also think um 
I don't know, not to be cheesy, but like, you know, those down home values are super, super important. And I do find that you miss a lot of that. There's a lot of people who are lacking that in these, in these kind of cultural hub coastal cities so to the true. point where it's scary. I don't like when people are like, it's New York or nowhere. Like I live in the <laughs> best city in the world. It's like, right. have you been to other cities in the world? Like, that's not true. So I don't know that kind of arrogance about New York or LA that is also a little troubling to me too when I hear it because I'm like "Mm, (laughs) there's a big world out there (laughs) it's not all within you know these cities that we're in it's weird we love a humble queen (laughs) no but it's real it's it's weird when people act like that I'm like "Mm." and I can always spot a midwesterner in New York always because there's a certain hospitality that and, and I think I don't know there's a vibe that Midwesterners have. I can always clock it right away. You're totally right. Because a friend of mine, Zoe Hockman, who loves your show, she's from Indiana and an only child. And she's one of my good friends. And honestly, I love hanging out with her. I love being with her only because of the fact that there's something about her that's so different and like humble and easy to talk to. And surprisingly, Gen Z. Where before that, I was like, can I not talk to Gen Z? I can't. They're the shit. I love them. We love we love you, Gen Z. Yeah, to all our Gen them. Z listeners out there, we love you. They're, they're amazing. I really do. I've, I'm talking like I know them all, but... <laughs> 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 but I think their set of values is really inspiring. And I think that's how every generation that's to follow should yes. be. I couldn't agree with you more. Mm-hmm. The product story on your page of all the celebs creating skincare lines. Would, I know I'm shifting, but would you ever come out with a product one day? I don't know. It depends. As someone who used to make products, I mean, I love <laughs> products. I really do love products. I love designing products, but I don't know. That's a really hard question because I just, there's so much stuff that already exists. Right. You know? I don't know that I need, I don't know that anyone needs anything from me. Like, I'm not so like egotistical with like my brand that I'm like, you know what I'm going to make? Merch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> even, though, <laughs> even though I have sold merch before, but I just mean like, there's right. already so much stuff out there that like, unless I felt like I could really create a unique value proposition, I don't know that I'm in the business of just making stuff. That's that. That's when capitalism becomes greedy and unnecessary. And I think not a ticket on my soapbox, but I'm about to soapbox it real quick. Let's go. I think like, that's kind of what I miss about like, you know, celebrities of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say the past, I mean like seventies, eighties, maybe nineties mm-hmm. or before. Cause I think there was like, uh, you can I'm, really gonna, I'm really going to go there. So you just have to come with me on this ride, but I'll take your hand. Let's go. Yeah. I just think of like, celebrities used to just do their thing and then they became famous as a result of doing their thing you know there wasn't all this like try to be famous just so you can be famous try to go viral so you can just be visible like this shit is annoying so because of that I think they just did what they did and they were happy doing that like Kurt Cobain wasn't trying to come out with like a beauty line and merch (laughs) and you know what I mean like you make your tour money and then you maybe have something on the side that you can finesse it into you know what I mean but I think now celebrities because what are they going to do go get a normal job they can't or they won't whatever it is like they're not going to like no celebrity of conventional value is going to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn this down for a little bit and I'm going to go 
become like a mechanical engineer or I'm going to go to school and really learn how to be a pilot. Like they're not going to do that. They're just no. going to be like, well, I got to ride this wave forever. So if that means I got to make a children's book now that I'm a mother, I'm going to sell that. You know what I mean? Like we're going to keep it going. And again, everybody has to eat. So to each their own, I just kind of miss the days when celebrities weren't trying to do all things. Like they were just doing what they did. They were acting in movies. They were getting their paycheck. And I also think, you know, success is defined by each and every person by their own terms. But if you're okay with not being a bajillionaire, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Like I'm not living life to be a multi multi-millionaire. To me, that's not necessary. I can be perfectly happy with 1 million. I can be happy with a million. I can be happy with 650,000. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can be happy. You don't, I just don't, you know, like you don't have to be a quadrillionaire. You don't. Or a chameleonaire. It's just, it's OD. It's so, oh, it's intense. And I think a lot of people, I think that's where greed comes in. So yeah, that whole stories I did about like every celebrity coming up to product line, they must know that that's their product is unnecessary. Like, especially if you go back and watch some of the people that are in that reel, like what are you? But you know, who am I? Who am I to say or judge? <laughs> Do you live your life? Like Jessica Alba doing everything but acting. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I know. But see, then, like someone like that. Mm -hmm. To me, she leans more towards innovative because she mm -hmm. was one of the first that was doing all clean, you know, with honest company. She's been doing that for a long time, and she was kind of one of one of the first. I'm talking about like the hundred millionth iteration of it, you know, like your average reality star on a show that has maybe got picked up for two seasons, who's now coming out with like a lipstick. Like that's kind of what I'm, I'm just talking about just the excess of it. Certain the people spawns, that enter space. Yeah. yeah. Like people who enter space early, I think are actually kind of interesting in a way. They like Joe Rogan of podcasting. He gets a lot of, no, he gets a lot of heat. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't like him. Um, but I'm kind of convinced that a lot of people who don't like him have never actually listened to him. That's so true. That that's that's very true. Have you ever asked anyone who says they hate Joe Rogan why? I don't really know that they know why. Because why? They've never listened to an episode. There's no way they could have ever listened to it and hated him. I just don't believe that. Do you that's like him? True. I it's I don't like or hate him. I have listened to an episode. They're just too long. But other than that, <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on Fear Factor. I I just think it's funny that people think he's the Messiah. That's it. I mean, it's very bro. It's very male dominated, and men tend to be very hype beasty about other men that they like. But, um, but. I mean, I think, you know, he had this moment where he was like called out for saying the N-word a bunch of times throughout mm -hmm. the years on his show and people compiled that. And listen, I don't expect white people to not be racist. That's kind of how I approach them. Right. So to me, that's a Wednesday. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, Joe Rogan said the N-word. Like Joe Rogan might have racist undertones. You think that's shocking to me? I think it's more weird when people don't expect white people to be racist in right. some capacity. Like, what are you expecting of that? Um, as well-intentioned and good-hearted as that might be, they're still born into this. So it's like, to me, if I were to, tr if I were to like, 
if I were to hold him to that standard, do you know how many white people I wouldn't be talking to? (laughs) Like if if we're gonna keep it real, do you know how many people would not make the cut? So I have a little bit of leniency, I guess, in that way. That might sound like toxic and apologistic, but it's not, it's just reality. Um, But but I think as far as the show's concerned, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of them are long. They're not all for me, but I, 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 I don't, uh, I might get canceled. But I don't know. I don't really see a lot of major issues. I, I like some of the things that he talks about and kind of believes in and says. I don't think it's that radical. Do I believe in everything? No, but it's not that radical. It's not like it's Andrew Tate. <laughs> <laughs> the guy believes in like eating well, working out. Right, right. Totally. You know what I mean? Being like a healthy masculine person. He's a family man. He's there for his kids every day. He might eat more beef than the average vegan likes or whatever. He might shoot more guns than the average, you know, person likes. But I don't, but I, but I also think his perspective on gun control and climate control, it's all very reasonable if you've actually ever listened to him talk. I think what it is, it's a bunch of like super liberal intellectual, you know, academic bulldozers who really try to like, you know, split hairs and and thrive on contradiction to the point of missing the plot. It's like that type of person who's like looking for the gotcha in a, in oh, in yeah. an, in another person, and it's like, okay, you win. Now what? Like what? Like what are you? What's the big idea? You know. Speaking of canceled, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but have you ever been canceled before? I don't think so, but I think some people might feel differently about that. Okay. I don't think cancellation's real. No, it's not. It's not. It's just. It's have not. I ever had people on the internet yelling at me for a large, for a long, <laughs> extended period of time? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I, I was at a, I was at a concert the other day and I met someone new and I was like talking to them and somehow I made it interesting by saying that like, oh, these groups of friends of mine, like they soft canceled me and they were like so invested after. They were like, you can't just say what well, you were soft canceled and not tell me and i'm like it's not actually it's not actually that bad it's just drama yeah it's just it's just noise it you know just for nice. every person that is mad there's another person who's like i totally love your work and you're my biggest i'm your biggest fan you know what i mean like it's weird but it, it also depends on your demo like i've only ever been canceled by people who aren't my audience so right I guess if that's what you're, you know what I mean? Like if my audience were to turn on me, okay, we could have a different, we have a different, <laughs> different conversation. The people who are like outside of the club yelling at me, I'm like, how'd you find me? How'd you get here? What's going on? <laughs> you know? I, I, yeah. Then you would have to like, all right, let's get the lighting right. All right, we got to do this. We got to do, I'm never on Instagram, but we got to do this. We got to do a post. We got to yeah. say our apologies and get it all out. You know, but I, what I one thing I have learned is that I'll never apologize for something that I don't mean. Oh, definitely. Bad karma. Bad karma. Yes. Don't don't apologize it if you're not sincere. Words to live by. Yeah. So, I know we brought up Joe Rogan, but you've had a ton of the greats come on the cutting room floor. Is there anyone you would want to have on the show? We're big on manifesting over here. I'm not saying that Joe Rogan. Yes, I have a lot of, I have an amazing, amazing wish list of people that I want to come on. Um, so I split this into two categories. There's like people mm-hmm. who I don't think would ever come on in a hundred million years, mm-hmm. but they're still on the list. And then there's people who like in due time, I think I'll get on the show. 
people who would never come on in a hundred million years are people like the Olsen twins or Steven Mizell or you don't know them clearly because I, I, they don't, they wouldn't, yeah, totally. they don't, they don't do press in general. That's true. That's true. So it's not about me being self-deprecating. It's just like, I know how they roll and they're not into that shit. Um, Steven Mizell, icon, icon. Mm-hmm. Like if he would come talk to me in my life and he, mm-hmm. if he would come talk and like really talk, oh mm-hmm. my God. People would consider me the greatest fashion journalist of all time. I would be solidified. Like you wouldn't be able to tell me anything at all Oof. if I got if I got Stephen Mizell. For those who don't know, he's the fashion photographer. Um, period. Um, but then people who I think like would come on that I'm like hoping to talk to are like, you know, Mark Jacobs, icon. Um, never say never. Yeah, like I think I could get that to happen. Um, Mark, he's an icon. Um, I'm blinking, but I have a whole list of people that I would love to talk to. Um, you already dropped. You just started off high. Some of them are not even like that. I just love people that work in, you know, fashion. So like, I want to talk to, you know, Carla Welch. I want to talk mm-hmm. to Pat McGrath, makeup artist. I want to talk to Katie Grand, amazing stylist and, you know, ca- casting director and creative in general. I want to talk to Brian Boy because I think he's a genius. I want to talk to um, Petra Collins because I feel like she created a whole new look for photography. I want to talk to Teddy Santis of Amelion Door. Like, I, you know, they're not necessarily people out of reach. They're just people out of my moment at the moment. So those are people that like eventually I think could happen and and or Robin Gavon. Like I just, you know, that that's kind of my I think um doable list. You, you call yourself a fashion journalist, which you are. I like I do. Lo- when you did just, I say that? You just did. You you just did. And no, I, just- I said, I said if I got Steven Mizell, I would be considered the fashion journalist of all journalists. <laughs> if- okay. Totally. Do you do you think that do you think that do you think that before the podcast were you doing were you doing events where like some websites call you like a a, a speaker like were you a speaker before the podcast or like or listen, after the pot I'm just wondering every report card I ever got the notes uh-huh. always said talks too much in class so. <laughs> Even with me getting all A's, it was like, right. she's great. She can apply herself. But when she's done with her test, she disrupts the whole class. Like, so I've been a talker since I was born. Um, That's so good. But do you mean like, like speaking with a podium? Is that what you mean? Yeah. I, I <laughs> And I'm not talking TED Talk. We're getting that out of there. Like, I'm just saying that like, finessing you're just yeah on a podium like i could hear you talk for hours honestly oh that's sweet um no i just i don't know it's just very natural to me that's why i like tiktok it's just super super natural there's not like a plan or like you know everyone has gifts like everyone has things that are natural (sighs) this is a gift to them you know like i have the gift of gab i just do you know i can talk (laughs) i can talk to anybody my dad used to always tell me she's never met a stranger like we'd be at walmart when i was six and i'd be like hey girl my dad's like how do you know her i'm like she's in my class like i just i've always been chit chat mcchatterson so to me that's just natural and um that's why i like podcasting but i also really love meeting people and everyone has a story everyone has a past everyone has like learnings like I just think 
I don't know. That's the beauty of the internet. And I just, I love meeting people and everyone has like things that they've had to overcome. And if they haven't had things that they've had to mm-hmm. overcome, they probably have a shitty personality, oh. to be honest. I was just saying there's usually a direct correlation between people who haven't had to overcome something and their personality. <laughs> like, if, if people just haven't been coasting their whole life and just haven't really experienced anything challenging, um, it's like they're, they've like atrophied. Like they're, I've, I've seen it. Like their personality is just, well, I'll just say it this way. I guess I don't really get along with people who don't mm. like challenge themselves or try to accomplish something. I think it, it just, it's just hard for me because I just, it's hard for me to relate to. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I, but, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's me as well. Yeah. And also, that's also, I think it's important to create challenges for yourself. Like I want to figure out how to make this podcast work. I want to figure out how to, you know, build muscle at the gym. I want to figure like try to create some kind of, uh, yeah, challenge or struggle for yourself. It doesn't always have to be a byproduct of catastrophe. It, you know, you can create it for yourself and just, build that like mental discipline along the way well hats off to you and everything that you do for some Jassar wear many hats solutions we would love to do a, a cutting room floor and wear many hats hat with you one day i know we talked merch and merch is dead but you look great in a dad hat <gasps> thank you yeah, i was trying to get a nike i was trying to get a yankees hat and they were like we only have a mets hat and i was like i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's green, I don't even care. So that would be he, amazing. And then I asked my friend, I was like, what do I need to know about the Mets when people ask me about small talk? He's like, just say you love Queens. And I was like, done. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, if you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? I would never in a million years get a tattoo. So sorry for that aggressive answer. <laughs> sorry for that aggressive answer, but I would never get a tattoo, let alone a chest tattoo. Oh my God, what am I in prison? Like, I'm not getting a chest hat. Well, it's usually that's how we end off the the podcast with like, what if someone were to have like a quote or like a word or whatever, what would it, it would just be to them. Not like it. (laughs) But I did see that in your email and I meant to email you back and say, I would never get a tattoo. That's perfect. Okay. (laughs) It was a pleasure talking to you. It was a pleasure talking to you too. Thank you so much. Good luck with all of your success. Your podcast is amazing. And I hope I hope you take this super, super, super far. You too. Bye, Rachel. Bye. Till next time, this is Wear Many Hats presented by Tassar. And I'm Rashad. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>